Hey, welcome to Grace Online. My name is Josh. I'm the lead pastor of Grace Free Church. I'm pumped that you're on here and I'm believing God's got something awesome for you right here, right now. I'm excited to see how he's going to use this service in your life. And I also want you to know that if you are part of Grace Online and our online location, you are a part of Grace Free Church. We're here to serve you. We have an amazing team that would love to serve you and your family in any way we can. If you're interested in learning more about Grace Free Church or the many programs we have to add value to your life and help you grow in your relationship with God, please don't hesitate to reach out. And by the way, if you're watching this on YouTube, jump over to gracefreechurch.live to get the full grace-free online experience. On this page, you're going to find links to learn more about the kids programming. We have an amazing online kids location. Just click the, the kids link and it'll take you to an absolutely incredible online experience for your kids. Don't forget to hit the connect link. The connect link will allow you to kind of give us just a little bit of information about you so that you don't miss out on any of the really amazing things we have going on at Grace Free Church. Through that connect link, it's, it's the main way we communicate with you to let you know what's going on, changes in our ministry, new groups, exciting kids programs, fun things like our amazing Christmas Eve or Easter programs. You just want to be connected with us, so hit the connect button and don't miss out on anything. We're about to get started with our worship service and there's going to be some singing. Uh, we'll have an uh, incredible message for you following the singing and and some some really cool stuff to end it up to end up the service. I really hope you stick through this whole service. I'm believing God's got something amazing for you and I'm excited you're here. Let's worship together.
pray and we'll get right into it. Dear God, we thank you so much uh, for you, for your word. We come here from all different kinds of places and dealing with all different kinds of things. So what we need, we don't need me, we need you. We need you to make your word make sense to us. We need you to prick our hearts. We need you to encourage us. We need you to give us new strength. We need you to do something in our lives this week. Fill us with your hope. Remind us of your love and speak to each of us. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been in this series called uh, Champions, Journey to the Victor's Circle, and we've been taking time, like lots of time, to do what I used to do in one sermon, which is preach the uh, David and Goliath story. Um, if you're not familiar with that. If, if you've never been to Sunday school, that's okay. It's the story of David, a teenager who slays a giant, a mighty warrior, nine foot six, with some stones and a slingshot. We haven't gotten to that part yet, so I'm sorry if I just, I didn't say spoiler alert. So you're welcome. I'm on, clearly I'm on point today. <laughs> and uh, we've been taking it Piece by piece by piece, we talked about how God will use the ordinary you give him and bring extraordinary out of it, how it's important to be faithful in the little things, to build character, to, to do the right thing even when nobody's looking, how David was just a guy who did little things even when it didn't make sense. He was just faithful and God showed up and took his ordinary life as his youngest son to a shepherd family and made him king and would do all this incredible stuff from him. We talked about how you got to face your giants differently. We all got giants. You probably have some big giants that you've faced down before. Maybe you're facing down right now. We got to look at the giants, the obstacles we face, no matter how heavy they are, no matter how big they are, differently with 
a spiritual perspective. We've got to start to see them and, and how God wants us to see them. We talked about how when you step out in faith, what you're immediately going to be smacked with is discouragement. When you try to take a step to better yourself, to follow Jesus, you try to take a step to make some change, instead of getting the encouragement that we need and long for and should get, we get smacked with discouragement. And sometimes the discouragement hurts so much because it comes from the people closest to us. Some people just don't see it. Like Saul didn't see it in David. He didn't see how God was doing something in his life. He didn't see that God was, was bringing him to a new place. He didn't see that God had prepared him for this moment. And David's about to show the one who didn't see it. But his oldest brother just ripped him. Just cut him deep. Like took shots at his character. Took shots at his faith. Took shots at and he just had to deal with that kind of discouragement. We talked about how to deal with that, like how not to own the lies those people pitch at you and not to own the, the, the comments that they say about you, how you're more than that. And today I wanna talk to you about how to find encouragement, facing discouragement last week, finding encouragement this week. And can I start by just reading a couple verses that we're gonna focus on. This is David's response to Saul when Saul just didn't see it. David takes his time with Saul and tells him, tells him this incredible story from his past. And um, the most important part is at the end of it. So let me just read. But David said to Saul, when Saul had said, how are you able to do? You can't go take on this giant. You're not, that's impossible. You're like a kid. He's like a mighty warrior. What are you, crazy? It says, David said to Saul, your servant, there's so much, there's so much in this. Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came, that'll ruin your day. That part's not in there. I'm just, just saying, like, that'll ruin, that'll ruin your day. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, this is crazy. This is crazy. I don't think we're doing this if a lion or a sheep comes. I went after it. <laughs> I struck it and I rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, somebody say it's getting worse, right? It's getting worse. It turned on me, I seized it by its hair, I struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. Now here's the most important verse in this whole thing, right? He's like, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. He's not like, because, have you been to the gun show? Like, do you see what, like, because of this, and I whoop that lion and I whoop that bear, I'm gonna whoop this giant. He's not like, because I'm smarter, because I'm good enough, because I'm pretty tough. You hear my history? Like I've been through some stuff and I took care of business. 
I'm going to take care of this giant. It's not what he says. The whole key to this, right, is you see David saw God in his story and invited him to be a part of it. Because God rescued me with the lion and the bear. He'll rescue me now. Saul's like, great speech, bro. (laughs) Go on with your bad self. Okay, that's not exactly what he says. Exactly what he says is, I better finish it the right way. Somebody's gonna get mad and shoot me an email. I'm pretty sure Saul didn't say, bro. Thanks, Captain Obvious. (laughs) I'm gonna get myself in all kinds of trouble and we got a members meeting right after this. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Um, Man, encouragement. That's what I wanna talk to you about today. Finding encouragement. Finding encouragement even when you're not getting it from the people around you, even when the people who should be encouraging you aren't very encouraging. Finding encouragement in something bigger and better than the areas we normally look for encouragement. You, you know the place you can find the most encouragement on the face of the planet? It's during the summer, and it's at any pool, any public pool you find at like 8.30 in the morning when they're teaching these kids swimming lessons. Have you been, have you ever taken kids to swimming lessons? If you don't have kids yet or, and you're playing on it, like here's a treat for you. Swimming lessons, are, it's like epic space, right? Like you, we, I would always, the way the schedules would work out, I would usually be at the early one with my kids when they were coming, like the 8.30 when the pool's like a balmy 54 degrees. And... The kindergartners are still trying to figure out what's going on when you toss them into that frozen glacier water that is the public pool space, right? Like you just uh, kick them in. And then what, what would crack me up is, you know, like for the first part of the lesson, all the parents would bring out their little folding chairs that we carry around in every car because you can't go anywhere with kids without a folding chair for yourself. You pull the folding chair out and you sit by one of the fences because you're not allowed, I don't know, the pool that we took our kids to, you weren't like allowed inside the fenced area because parents are crazy. And <laughs> so you'd sit outside like by the fence, everybody chilling, watching their kids swim. But then at the end of every like swimming lesson, there's this thing. They, they gather all the kids out like, good job, Johnny. Good job, Susie. Come on. We're going to go to the deep end. And you know what they do? They like line them up by the diving board. It's not like the tall diving board. It's just like the normal diving board. They get all these freezing kids standing out there in a line shivering. like <laughs> They line them up and all the parents, they pack up their, it's just panic time, right? Like it's time. To pay, things just got real. We pack up our chairs, we walk around to the other fence by the diving board, and encouragement starts coming out everywhere. Like, you can do this, Johnny. Parents white knuckling the fence. You can do this, Johnny. Like, come on, we talked about this. There's bribery. Like, somebody's yelling, I'll buy you ice cream after this. They got hypothermia. It's 8.30 in the morning, and parents have lost their minds. They're like, ice cream, whatever you want, we'll get the big one with the strawberry on top. Like, you got this, John. We talked about it. Please don't let me down. Please don't let me down. You got this, John. Like, kids, poor kids. They they just wander up there, like, I'm paying attention. I shiver and, like, look, ice cream, all right. You know, like, everybody's yelling encouragement. Everybody's yelling encouragement. They get up on the ladder, and all of a sudden, have you seen this? It doesn't matter what anybody's saying. There ain't no ice cream big enough. Nothing. 
Like they're on the ladder and all of a sudden reality hits and they're like, oh, no, I want to get off, I want to get off the ladder. And they they're turn around shivering and like some like helpers blocking it. <laughs> they're blocking it. Like I didn't know the rule was when you get on a, a, a diving board, you're never allowed, to, there's only one way off the diving board. They like lock it down. You gotta go, you gotta go that way. These poor terrified kids, like, and I'm guilty and complicit in all of this. Please don't think I'm judging. I like, uh, was also a parent, white knuckling, yelling ice cream. And uh, they, they get close and they like, kind of like walk to the end of the rail and then when they get to the rail, it gets even realer. Like there's no support there. And, like you gotta walk forward and all of a sudden like some kids like white knuckling the thing as everybody's trying to coax them to the end of the diving board so they can jump out, shouting all kinds of encouragement, all kinds of bribes, all kinds of reasons why they should just jump off this diving board. They get to the end of it, and they're still not going. And what I have learned is that not all encouragement is created equal. It doesn't matter what dad's yelling. doesn't matter what the promises are. When all you see is two foot and water and fear. Is it? They get to the end, right? It doesn't matter what dad says or mom says. It really doesn't. Parents, like, take note. It probably doesn't. We probably don't need to scream ice cream through the fence anymore. Uh, They get to the edge. And you know what makes a difference? All of a sudden, their focus goes off the diving board, the screaming crowd behind them, their friends crying because they're, they're next, you know? <laughs> How bouncy and unstable it is that there's nothing to hold on to. They, once they get to the end of the diving board, all of a sudden, it's like a lifeguard comes floating up. Got these weird red things under, jammed underneath their armpits, right? Like this huge smile on their face. It was like, everybody's screaming. They're just like, paddle up. It's okay. I'll catch you. I'm not going to let your head go under the water. I'm right here. I'll catch you. And all of a sudden, the focus kind of turns from all of the things that scare them, all the insecurities, all the shouting nonsense, all the encouragement that at this moment in their life feels meaningless and empty, and they lock in on the lifeguard. And then they're making a decision. Can I trust the lifeguard? This lifeguard who's been in the pool with me since 8.30 a.m. every day this week. This lifeguard See, not not all encouragement is created equal. And what you need to face a giant is not, it's great when you get encouragement from the people you should get encouragement from. We're gonna be the kind of church that encourages people. But what you need more than that is to see your lifeguard in the water. The, the, the biggest encouragement you can have in life is to see God in your story. To see how he's working in your past. To see where he is in your present. And then to trust him with your future. I don't think you can get to the trust part 
if you don't see him. I don't think you get off the diving board without the caring, gentle whisper of the one you can trust to keep your head from going under. David, he steps into this space where he's ready to face the giant and there is no encouragement. And I don't know why we live in a drought of encouragement. We should do better to encourage people around us. Maybe it's because we're so busy. We get so self absorbed in our own lives. Maybe it's because it's uncomfortable or too hard or emotional, but somewhere along the way, we stop saying nice, encouraging things to people around us. We, we become hypercritical of ourselves and others, and we, we stop saying, Proverbs says this, like Proverbs says that in, in 1624, gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. We could do better to end the drought of encouragement. But we need more than just encouragement from each other is what, is what David found. His encouragement came from seeing God in his story and trusting him with his future. I love how he shows up here and he comes into, the, into this conversation with Saul with the right heart. I, say, I, don't, I don't know where your heart is. Maybe your heart has been sucked into this whole, like let's criticize everything. Let's find fault in myself and in everybody around me. Maybe your heart has been just distracted by the busyness and the chaos of life, juggling schedules nonstop until you fall asleep and are taunted by anxiety-driven thoughts, wondering what you missed or how you're gonna get through it tomorrow. It's good to, like, to just give ourselves some pause and to ask ourselves, like, how's my heart? David shows up. He's, a, he's the anointed king. And he's talking to the king who still sits on the throne. And he says, your servant is here. I'm your, like he shows up with the right heart. And then he says, what he says next is so incredible. I've been keeping. I've been keeping my father's sheep. I've been keeping. I've been faithful in the small stuff. I've been doing what God has put in front of me. It may not have been big and flashy, but I've been doing it. I've been doing the right thing when nobody's been looking. I've been doing the right thing when I'd rather be somewhere else. I keep on just putting one step in the, I have been keeping it up. I've been keeping it. And there you see the fruit of David's faithfulness in the small stuff is about to become evident to us all. Listen, if you've been faithful in the little things, loving the people God put in your circle, bearing with people who test your patience, if you've been faithful in the little things, like saying the I love you's when you don't feel like it, the I'm sorry is when you're not the only one wrong, when you're faithful in the little things, fruit will come. Jesus said, every good tree bears good fruit. You may not see it right away, but the fruit will come. You just gotta keep on keeping on. David's like, I've been keeping, and God was doing something the whole time. 
I've been keeping. I didn't see it then, but I see it now. I've been doing the right thing. Some of you, you just got to keep praying. It feels like your prayers aren't answered. Some nights it feels like you're praying to a block wall. Sometimes you're not sure if you're being heard or if what you're saying even makes sense. You don't see any change in your life. You don't see any change in your home. You don't see any change at your workplace. You just, sometimes you just gotta keep praying. Sometimes you just gotta keep hanging on for the better days that you trust are coming. You don't see them, it's hard to imagine them, but sometimes you just gotta keep holding on. Sometimes you just gotta keep doing the work. Just got to keep doing the work. You don't see the payoff yet. You may not see the payoff tomorrow. You just got to keep doing the work. David's faithfulness in keeping on bore so much fruit. See, he invited God into every space of his life. And on those faithful days, God was preparing him for the giants he would face. I've been keeping. What do you need to keep? What do you need to keep? Do you need to keep digging deeper? Do you, keep, gotta, do you, do you need to keep deepening your knowledge of God? Do you need to keep praying for that kid? Need to keep praying for that parent? What do you need to keep It's not easy. The tests will come. David's test came in the form of a lion and a bear. And I know he's so casual about telling this story. But can I, can I just be my own Captain Obvious? There's nothing casual about when a lion shows up and tries to steal anything from you. It's nothing ca- There's nothing casual when the story ends with a clump of bear fur in your hand. There's nothing, nothing casual about it. It's not easy when you just keep being faithful, keep being faithful, and tests will pop up. This bear and this Lion maybe worn as a direct threat to David's life as Goliath. But they were still trying to steal something from him. And the tests you face in life, the tests that come from the thief who only wants to kill, steal, and destroy will steal something from you. They'll try to steal something from you. The moment comes for David. This moment of testing comes from David. And here's what David does. He steps up. He takes his little shepherd's staff. He tracks down that lion and he clubs it with his shepherd's staff. And things get worse. (laughs) Sometimes you're going to have a moment that tests you and you're going to step up and things are going to get worse. Things are going to get worse. And all of a sudden, a bad situation went to a completely terrifying situation as this lion and this bear threatens to turn on him. And now the lion and bear isn't trying to just grab a sheep. Now the lion and bear is coming for David. He steps up and things get worse. But in your greatest tests, 
you have the opportunity to see God's hand, the greatest in your life. It's not fun. It's not fun. It can be scary. You might not know if you're going to make it. You don't know how you're going to beat a lion down. You don't know how you're going to beat a bear down. But in your greatest tests, God still proves faithful. In your greatest tests, sometimes maybe you haven't even acknowledged it. In the greatest challenges that you've walked through in your past, the greatest obstacles and disappointments you've had to deal with, when things have popped into your life and threatened to steal precious things from you, if you look back, you'll see how God got you here. He's been faithful. He's been faithful even when you weren't faithful. He's been faithful even when you haven't seen him working. And your greatest encouragement comes in seeing how God has been a part of your story and drawing you you to himself every step of the way. He didn't reject you. He hasn't forsaken you. He has been in pursuit of you. He's been, he was there when you had to face down the lion. He was there when you had to grab a chunk of bear fur. He's been there all along preparing you, providing for you, meeting you in your greatest moments of need and helping you overcome. Can you see him? Can you see him? Your greatest encouragement will come when you see him, how he has been there, how he has brought you here. And all of a sudden, the water and the diving board, the screaming people, they fade a little bit. You're on the edge, maybe doesn't feel very stable. But then you see he's been in the water the whole time. And you hear his voice saying, I got you like I did before. I'm not gonna let your head go under the water. I'll hold you and we'll get through this together. I don't know what your story is, but I know you're sitting here today listening to me. And that's enough for me to know that God's been there even when you didn't see him. Working in all of it because he loves you. And you are so important to him. Other encouragement is nice, but I find in the moments of my deepest needs, that's really all I need. I have a couple of things here just to wrap this about how, how, to, how to see God in your story, how to invite him to be a part of your story, no matter who you are, no matter where you are. I think these three things are something that we can all do a little more of, we can all use a little more of. Here's the first thing, right? Like be convinced of him. You don't got to convince others of you. We spend so much time trying to convince everybody else where we're at, how we're doing, that we're going to make it. We, we, we will go to no end to convince everybody else and, and 
all we need to really be convinced of, we need to be convinced of him, of who God is. Second Timothy, Paul's given instruction to, to Timothy, who he's kind of mentoring and training up in the ministry and knows things are going to get hairy and weird for him. And he says, continue in the things you've been convinced of. I don't know how you can t- continue if you haven't been convinced. I don't know how you can continue if you haven't been convinced that God's been moving in your life all along, bringing you to this moment. I don't know how you can continue if you're not convinced that he loves you, that he offers you his grace, that he's passionate about you. I don't know how you can continue without being convinced, not of who you are, but of how great he is. You want to start seeing him in your story. Be convinced of who he is. Be convinced of what he's done for you. Be convinced of how he feels about you. Be convinced about how he has showed up in your story. Search, seek him out, and then be convinced. Number two, stack some I've been's. Maybe you won't see fruit for a while, but stack some I've been's anyway. What are the I've been? I've been praying, I've been digging deeper, I've been faithful, I'm gonna stay faithful in the small things, I'm gonna say the uncomfortable things even when I know I should say them, I'm gonna say the I love you's even when I'm mad, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep doing the I've been's, I've been keeping faithful. I don't know what things you need to stack up, but stack some I've been faithful in the small stuff kind of things. Stack up some I've been doing the right thing when nobody's looking kind of things. Stack up some I've been watching my character even when it's more fun to do something that requires less character. Stack some stuff up, not because you have to, but because you get to. Not because it makes God love you more, it doesn't. Just because you wanna experience the blessings He has for you, has you been faithful in the little stuff? Let God use you wherever you are, whatever you do. None of it is insignificant to him. If you're un- it's not insignificant if you're unemployed. It's not insignificant if you're flipping burgers and you'd rather be the CEO of the place. It's not insignificant whatever station you have in life right now. God has placed you there to stack up some. I've been keeping it. And he wants to use you. Let him. Invite him into those spaces. And then last, just tap his strength. Romans 8 verse 11 says, the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is in you. Now, it's, it's not in you if you've never given your life to Christ and placed your faith in him. In Romans 10, 9 intended, I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth. But if you are a child of God through faith, saved by his grace, you have the Holy Spirit in your soul, and that's a powerful thing. Tap into the strength of God in you. Don't just like block him off into a corner, create a little room for him over here, keep the rest of it out. When you limit God, you limit your faith and you limit your strength, and I don't know how you can take on a giant. 
with a small God and little faith and barely any strength. Don't limit God. Tap into his strength. It'll be made perfect in your weakness. Tap into his presence. It'll help you get through the things you know you can't get through on your own. Don't limit him. Tap into the strength of God Almighty in your life and watch as he will do things you never thought possible. My encouragement, my greatest encouragement, it's great when people I love around me encourage me. I love it. I need it. But my greatest encouragement is not found in the voice of another human being. My greatest encouragement is knowing that, man, God has brought me here. We've been through some stuff. We're gonna walk through some more stuff. I can trust my rescuer. He's not gonna let my head go under the water. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much. We haven't always seen you there, but you've been working in our lives. We don't always give you credit, but you have been the author of our greatest victories. We get so distracted by all the other waves and the problems and the people and all the nonsense <laughs> when really what we just need is to hear your voice. Saying it's okay. I'm here. I was there before. You can trust me again. Help us be convinced that the one who has rescued us then will rescue us again. Help us see you. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, Grace family and friends. We are so glad you have joined us to worship at our online campus. I want to take a moment and talk a bit about why we as a church encourage giving. Did you know that giving is considered an act of worship? It's true. Paul addressed the Philippian church on this very thing. In Ephesians 4, 18 through 19, Paul states, I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Paul, of course, is referring to their offerings here. Paul continues, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Paul used these gifts to further the mission of spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. And just like Paul, our mission at Grace Free Church is to share this good news throughout Schuylkill County. We want you to be a part of this mission as well. By partnering with us, we can reach the people of Schuylkill County. In fact, we can't do it without you. You may be thinking, how do I partner with Grace Free Church? Well, one way is through giving. We made this partnership process very simple. In fact, we have several methods to assist you in joining this mission. You can mail your gift to the church. You can text your gift to 570-528-2060, or you can give online by clicking the Give Online button on this page. The Give Online button also has a recurring giving option, which is a great way to schedule your gift giving. We appreciate you and are excited to see what God has in store for this church. When the best of me 
sing to the God who always makes a way. Cause he hung up on that cross and he rose up from that grave. My God still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your the beggars now we're royalty we were the prisoners now we're running free we are forgiven accepted redeemed by his grace let the house of the lord sing praise because we were the beggars now we're We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's 